Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is WD-40. So does anybody know what WD-40 stands for, first of all? All right, who's got the answer? Water dissipation, and it's formula number 40. Okay, so does anybody know what WD-40 is used for? Now see, now see, this is, this is what I'm talking about. So I'm one of these WD-40 people who did not know that. I have WD-40 in my house, and if a door, you know, is creaking or something, psh, I hit that little hinge. That's it. I put it back. That's it. And I'm on social media the other day, or Rebecca's Facebook or something, and look down, there's some WD-40. I'm like, what? It had like hundreds and like 2,000 uses for WD-40. I'm like, what? So one of them was to stop your mirrors in your bathroom from fogging up when you're showering. So I'm spraying WD-40 on my mirror. <laughs> Rebecca said, did you spray it on my mirror? I said, nope, just my mirror, because I'm testing this, right? So I spray this on there, wipe it off where I can see myself, take a shower, and there I am. Oh my gosh. So your mirrors won't fog. Listen to these. Keeps grass from sticking to your lawnmower blades. Gets baked on bird droppings off your car and truck exteriors. It'll get tree sap off a variety of surfaces, unstick piano keys, loosen broken keys from locks, wipe off insects from your vehicle's front grill. Now, I need that. Now, I'm going to keep some in the glove compartment now. Like, bug kill. Prevent foliage from sticking to pruning shears, make dirt slide off of hole diggers, free stuck Lego blocks. Who knows this? Eliminate roofing tar stains on clothing, break in a baseball mitt, keep dirt and mud from sticking to ATVs, keep clay from sticking to molds during crafting. If you're a crafter, it's all just future garage sale stuff, but anyhow. Um, <laughs> lubricate luggage zippers, remove crayon from a variety of surfaces. I didn't know this one. Takes permanent marker off your whiteboard. Does anybody know that? What in the world? Wipe gum off a variety of surfaces. You got gum. It's not just peanut butter anymore. And I think this is brilliant. Keep paint from sticking to doorknobs and handles. So if you're going to paint a door, spray WD-40 on the door handle, and if you get paint on it, it comes right off. And your paintbrush is the same thing. So you say, well, what does WD-40 got to do with Jesus? So your answer when I said, what does WD-40 do? Your answer was everything. So I'm going to talk to you today about the gospel. I shared a story a while back, terrible windstorm, it was raining, coming out of our house, the gate opened, and then I'm trying to go through our gate, it opened, it would close, open, it would close, and I was like, it's just lost its mind, and I was trying to drive somewhere, so I kept timing, you know, it would open, it would close, open, close, so I made a run for it when it was open, bam, it closes on the side of my car, I stopped, thankfully, it banged, you know, put a big gash in it about that far. And I shared with you, I thought, okay, what's this about? So I'm driving around near a place where I used to live, going to this auto parts place, this uh, paint and body shop. 
meet a guy named Cody, find out he's a Christian, trying to have a baby, and great conversation. And I said, dude, my car got slammed by a gate so I can meet you. I hope you're encouraged. Thought that was over. So I come out the other day, and I'm not sure when or where this happened. Someone keyed the whole side of my car. So that's not exactly a pleasant thing to find. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what's this about? And they said, well, were you upset? I think I was probably a little bit upset, but let me tell you what will happen to you the longer you live and the more you grow. You're going to stop freaking out about this stuff because something is going on. So I'm like, okay, Lord, my car got keyed. What are we doing? So a few days go by, and I remember Cody. So I go to Cody's place, and I stick my head in the door, and I say, is Cody here? And they say, he doesn't work here anymore. And then a lady stuck her head out of an office and said, you looking for Cody? I said, yeah, he's not here. And she said, well, he doesn't work anymore. I'm uh, Kyrie, and I'm the manager. I said, well, Kyrie, my car got key. Could you look at it? I go outside with her. And she pulls some gentleman off of another car for nothing. And this guy knew what he was doing. He has got sandpaper. He's got all the stuff. So I'm standing there talking to Kyrie. She's from upstate New York, all tatted up, some beautiful tattoos. A couple little kids, divorced six months before. She didn't know anything about Jesus or his mom. I mean, she didn't know anything about anything. So I started talking to her about Jesus and share with her the gospel that he died, was buried, raised from the dead, all of that. And I looked at Kyrie, and I said, so Kyrie, does this make sense? She says, absolutely. She said, I knew something good was going to happen. And I said, would you like to talk to God and figure this out? She said, I really would. So standing outside by my keyed car, she prays and becomes a Christian. Now, I don't know how to explain this to you guys, but you know, this is one of the main reasons we're still on the planet. She was just like, Oh my gosh, why didn't I know this? And I said, Kyrie, do you understand how much God cares about you? A storm dented my car to get me to Cody. Someone keyed my car to get me back to Cody. He wasn't here, but you're here. This whole thing's about you. My car got keyed because Jesus knew I would come back here and you'd be here and you'd need him. Right? So you say, well, I ain't signing up for no car keying just for somebody to get saved. Oh, that's brilliant. So if you had a little meeting in the morning with Jesus, as I've described this, and say, look, this is going to be a rough day for you. I know you love your car. You got it all polished up, clean. Somebody's going to key the whole side because I got this girl at this body shop needs to get saved. Are you good? Are we in? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't want that to happen to my car, which basically is to hell with that girl. Because my car, my inconvenience, my problem. Okay, so now Kyrie's a Christian. So now what do you do? She's going to heaven. I gave her my number, hooked her up, you know, with the deal with the messages will come to her, invite her to church. She could be here today. So what's going to happen next? If I asked you what the gospel applies to, what do you need the gospel for? What would you say? I see a lot of people think the gospel that Jesus died, was buried, raised from the dead is only what gets you saved, meaning saved from hell into a relationship with God through Jesus and then you're done with the gospel. No, the gospel is about everything. And I'm gonna throw out some words today here that I don't usually use these words, but this is what they are. The first word is justified, justification. The second is sanctification, and the third is glorification. And you say, well, I don't care what those are. 
I can tell you this, you do care, you just don't know you care. And uh, without the cross, without the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, you don't get any of them. All right, so we got the terms laid out. Go to John chapter 14, verse 6. Some of you know these by heart, which more people know them by mind than they do by heart. Because if you knew Scripture by heart, your life would change. If you know it by mind, it just means you can regurgitate the words. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So just lay that slab there. Without Jesus, you're not going to have any of this. So your only hope of making heaven, and by the way, when I met Kyrie the other day and talking to her, what if I had said something like this? Well, Kyrie, you know, we're all going to die one day, and if you're just a really good mom, you'll be okay. And if you're a good friend and a good sister and a good daughter, then Jesus is going to take you in because that's what it's all about. Be a nice person. That's total, that's not the truth. She needs Jesus. But we want people to feel better about feeling bad. She needed a savior. And when she heard the gospel, she's like, that's it. Because only the Holy Spirit can make it go, that's it. So don't be ashamed of the gospel. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation or a payment by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that we were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So all that says, you don't get justified without Jesus. His redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So it all starts with Jesus. As we'll read through the scriptures, you'll see it all continues with Jesus, him dying, buried, raised, and dead, and it all culminates with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All of eternity points to that life, Jesus coming, that weekend, dying on a cross, buried, raised from the dead, and all of eternity now points back to that and what that made possible and what it made possible in terms of what's coming in the future. It's all about Jesus. Romans 8. I read you this one so you don't forget this. Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You say, well, man, that's just, I'm suffering too much. You're not going to suffer forever. You're going to suffer for a little bit longer. Either Jesus returns or you die. Either way, we're out of here. It will not be forever. And the sufferings that you have right now are not worthy. You can't even put them in the same category, comparing them with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It'll be worth it. And suffering's not any fun, but it is better to suffer for doing right than it is for doing wrong, for evil. Stay in your lane. It will be worth it all, as the old song says. Go down to verse 29 in Romans chapter 8. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I'm not going to get into trying to explain this, but if you're a Christian, God knew you're going to be a Christian for the foundation of the world. 
and then you got born, and then you got born again. And he not only foreknew you, knew you were coming, but he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. That is going to happen. If you are a Christian, you are going to be conformed to the image of his son. More and more here, ultimately there. But enough of this screwing around like this is some game. Shed the stuff that's keeping you from letting him live not just in you, but through you and change you and change the world. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So from God's perspective, it's all a done deal. If he foreknew you before the foundation of the world, knew that you would become a Christian, he chose you, then you're called, justified, glorified. It's all done. It's just whether you're going to cooperate with the process. God himself lives in me. Why am I fighting him? What am I going to win fighting him? Oh, I'm going to get to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that has not worked out well for me. Then you end up a prisoner, a slave to your own sin, instead of a slave to Jesus, where you do what he says and go where he says, and nobody's going to take better care of you than him. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. What happened to Kyrie? Back to her the other day. She spoke words, boom, she got saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. She stood out there while that guy's doing the keying of my car, fixing that. She prayed. She didn't care. She needed Jesus. These people are everywhere. You don't have to go on a mission trip. You want to go on a mission trip? Get up and leave the house. You're on a mission trip. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1. Just a few more and we're done. Philippians 1 verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making mention of you all with joy. He says, every time I pray, I mention you with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So he's like, it's not just the first day when you got saved, you believed. It's the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing. Paul is confident about the Philippian believers in this regard, in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. So what does he know about them? That Jesus finishes what he starts. Now, if you became a Christian years ago and you don't like it, there's no getting out of it. You say, well, what does that even mean? Oh, I became a Christian when I was six, but I don't believe any of that anymore. But let me tell you something. Whether you believe in him or not, he doesn't stop believing in you. And once he's got you and says things like, I will never leave you or forsake you, no one can snatch you out of my hand. You say, but I don't care about him anymore. I don't want him. I don't want him. Leave me alone. He cannot leave his child alone. It's just a thing. And so then what do Christians who want him to leave him alone do? They try to run from him. Where are you going to go? Where is he not? And it's not that he's not there. It's that he is in you. And wherever you are, he is there because he's in you. You can't get away from him. I'm going to go to Mars. Good luck. Because you took him with you. I can't shake this guy. Exactly. So why don't you yield? Because I want to do what I want to do. He understands that. He's been riding around in those bodies for millennia. 
So you got some kid that's living that way? You pray for him. I'm praying for him. Let me tell you something. We can all give up on somebody. Jesus never gives up on anybody. Now, they may get their number pulled. They may go home early, but he will not quit doing what he started in them. That's just a fact. Philippians. Do Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Now, look what Paul writes to them about this. Verse 10 says that I may know him, talking about Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. So Paul is saying all this after Jesus died, been buried, raised from the dead, he's gone to heaven, and Paul now is saying that I wanna know him, how? And the power of his resurrection. I wanna know the power that raised Jesus from the dead in my own life personally, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Most people don't go that way to the next little phrase. I want to know the power. I want to know the sufferings. And I want to be conformed to his death. In other words, that I lose me and it's all him. If any man be in Christ, new creation. Old things passed away, all things are new. It's all got to be about him. I got to get out of the way. So if you choose to follow him, power of his resurrection, fellowship of his sufferings, conform to his death, you're going to lose you. But if you don't lose you, you'll lose your life. If you lose your life for his sake, you find it. And you go, what in the world? Why didn't I do this 20 years ago? Where's Dave? Dave got saved at what? It's good you were awake when I said your name. Um, <laughs> 70. What are you, 70 what? 80. You're 80. Seven days. 80 and seven days. How old were you when you got saved? 72. He was 72. What if you had had the 50 years before that to walk with Jesus? Would that have been better? Have to be. Have to be. He was sinning good. That might end up a sermon title there right there. <laughs> we got professional sinners up in here, so. <laughs> I am the chief. 72. You go, well, he got saved. I know, I get it. All I'm telling you is whatever you're trading in for Jesus ain't going to be worth it. It's not going to be worth it. It's just a thing. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. I've never known any peace, any joy, any of it, seeking the pleasures of the world, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. Nothing has ever given me the joy that I have in him. But some of you are gonna make a run at it anyway because you got a bunch of fool friends you're following around that have talked you into it and you trust a bunch of idiot friends more than you will God himself and you think they care about you and want the best for you and are gonna take care of you, when you get in trouble, they will scatter like you have never seen. They will not be there for you because they're not even there for themselves. A couple more and we're done. First Thessalonians chapter four. And by the way, most of the scriptures is about sanctification, how it ties to the gospel, what Jesus did, who he is, and your life changing and while we're on that, about half of the New Testament is written to screwed up Christians who just won't do it. First Thessalonians 4 verse 1, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Look at that. How you should walk and please God. Well, I want my friends to be happy. I want God to be happy. I want to please him. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. Now you say, well, get specific. Okay, you want something specific? Here we go. You're going to wish I hadn't read it. 
For this is the will of God, your sanctification, set apart, looking more like him, holy, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Oh, I don't mean like in that way, right? You want God's will in something else, not there. But that's one of the no-brainer areas of sanctification. And by the way, on this one, the whole world's just lost its mind. I sat with some 20-year-olds the other day doing a men's retreat, and they looked at me like I was from another planet because I knew what they were dealing with. And we started talking about things they were dealing with, like cam girls. And I hate to even say this out loud because some of you don't even know what this stuff is. Their minds were blown because they had girls they went to school with who were now at home with a camera on a website, whatever the site was, OnlyFans, pick a site, And these girls who they couldn't get to do jack with them, they could send money to them to do all kind of sexual stuff in front of them on a screen. So the girl didn't have to touch the guy. So that's where you live now. There are no boundaries. There's no boundaries. Whatever you want. You can click a few little things and talk to her, get her to do something you want her to do live right there. So what kind of planet? So you say, well, I don't want to be too hard on my kids. The world is trying to crush your children. It's trying to destroy your children and tell them your body has no value. You can be used and it has no impact. You can do whatever you want to do with some guy and it doesn't impact you, except that the scripture says the two shall be one flesh. And as a woman, you go, why do I feel like crap? Because I've got me scattered all over town. And then you wake up one day, and then all you want is what God wants. And all God wants is one man, one woman for life. And now you're trying to have a relationship with one person. And the devil's going, how are you going to do that? we got about 10,000 in your head. But we don't want to call anything out. I recommend, highly recommend this. If you're a parent and you think you know what's going on out there, you need to do some more research because your kids think you're nuts. You say a little something, something, and they think they don't have a clue. You need to start saying something where they go, how do they know that? And that you're ahead of the enemy on the attack, not chasing them down, trying to save them from something. Because the enemy's not messing around. He is coming for your kids. He's coming for you, but also for your children. Know the wiles of the enemy. I don't see any of that in my notes, but anyhow, here we go. So here's the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness." You take advantage of men, you take advantage of women, God sees it, he's coming for you. You think, oh, we just had a little fun. Oh, no, 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 that's not how he sees it. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. 
And then go down to verse 13 and I'll shut it down with this. But I do not want you to be ignorant. This is 1 Thessalonians 4. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who are already dead, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And then he describes what's going to happen. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but it sure feels like soon. And so whatever you're going to do in my house, if company is coming to my house, I am running a vacuum cleaner for quite some time, getting my house ready for company and any number of other things because it's okay with just me and the redhead, but if company's coming, let me tell you something. Company is coming. Jesus is coming. You better get your house in order with him primarily. So what does the gospel apply to? Everything. His death, his burial, his resurrection is what makes the whole thing work. You can't get saved without the gospel. You can't live the Christian life, be sanctified without the gospel, and you will never get glorified without the gospel because all of it goes together. It is called the good news for a reason. It is really good news. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talks sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.